Namaste, namaskaram, vanakam, namo namaha, jai Ganesha. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there is a donate button if you'd like to help us out. And please stand up for the Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle. Today's podcast. Hasta, pranayama, lochana, bindu. You know, the wisdom's always been here, right at our hand. Let's look at our hand, our hands. What can we do with those? We can create with our wonderful opposing thumbs. We can shake hands. We can do namaste. We can soothe and gently touch. Or we can perhaps make an obscene gesture. We can hit someone, slap someone, punch someone, punch the wall. The choice is up to us. So let's make an acronym out of the English word hand. And we'll associate it with, of course, the Hindu yoga, dharma. H-A-N-D. Hindu, Atma, Niyama, Dharma. We are Hindus. Our goal is Atma Darshana. And we achieve that by cultivating Niyama, the Dharma. Now let's look at the Sanskrit word for hand, Hasta. And interestingly, many of you may have a Hasta plant in your yard. That's a Sanskrit word. Because it looks like a hand. H-A-S-T-A. Hindu, Ahimsa, Sadhana, Tat Atma. Again, we're Hindus, and we're known for the principle of ahimsa, which importantly means nonviolence, but it does not mean that we cannot confront. Sadhana, these are the Hindu religious spiritual disciplines. Tat Atmana, we are that. We are the Atmana. The Hindu Yoga Dharma can be simplified in three simple Sanskrit words, tat, tvam, asi, that, thou art. We are the Atmana, with a body, mind, and emotions. And the Atmana is a bit different than the English and Greek words soul or spirit, coming from the Greek psyche, because it still connects to the mind and the emotions. The Atmana literally means not the mana, not the mind, or the body or the emotions, temporal inhabiting the body and the mind and the emotions. And this Atmana is a very tangible experience of Sat-Chit-Ananda, pure consciousness, pure energy, which is obviously sound energy and light energy, heat energy. This is the science of life. And that heat becomes translated into the human feeling of warmth or love or bliss. Hence Sat-Chit-Ananda or Jyoti and Shakti and Ananda Shanti, or love, light, and energy. Om, this are we with emotions, mind, and body. So let's all look at our hand, our hands, in a reflective way, not giving somebody the hand to discard them. Look at the palm. Prataksha, Atma, Lochana, Moksha, palm. In other words, as Hindus, we practice uncovering the Atmana, and then we see Lochana, Freedom, moksha. So all the wisdom has been right here at hand. Look at the five fingers. We could look at the five elements, 
and the five senses, the panch mahabhutas and the panch indriyas. Learning to harmonize the five elements in the five senses. And they correspond with one another, and they also correspond with the chakras, starting with earth, water, fire, air, ether, bhumi, udaka, agni, vayu, akasha, which corresponds with smell, taste, sight, touch, and hearing, granaja, rasa, chaksusa, sparana, Shrautra. First and foremost, learning to respect and get to know our home, Bhumi Mata, planet Earth, and the elements, Earth and water and fire and air and ether, all of which are within us. And cultivating the five senses, smell, taste, sight, touch, hearing. Then let's look at the punch klesas, the five obstructions, remember, Atmadarshana is not something we will really get because it's not a commodity that you can buy and sell. Think on that. That's why we don't make a business out of religion spirituality. There's a business end, but true religion spirituality, all the teachings and practices are offered on a goodwill donation basis because you can't buy and sell the spirit. So much for all of you with your yoga studios. So let's look at the things that cover up this Atmana. We don't get it because we already have it. It's just covered up with Loba, Krota, Kama, Madha, Moha, Abhimana, Vidya, Smitha, Raghavesha, Binavesa. Essentially the five places, the five obstructions that the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali speaks about. Avidya, Smitha, Raga, Dvesha, Abhinvesa. Avidya, ignorance, which is different than a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is a conscious choice to avoid the truth of something, such as today's so-called yoga, which in today's technology is so simple. Just ask Google, what is Sanskrit? What is yoga? You'll find the Hindu connection. So, avidya, as the Guru Patanjali said, avidya kestram uttaresam. Ignorance is the mother of all the classes. First one, avidya. Asmitta is our eager nature, which we seek to refine. Not get rid of, but seek to refine. Raga, dvesha, extreme likes and dislikes. Abhinivesa, then stuck, mired in maya. So stuck, we don't even realize we're stuck. Avidya, smitta, raga, dvesha, binavesa, the punch klesas. Then we could look at punch yogas, basically five yogas. The Hindu yoga, religious, spiritual, scientific, philosophical lifestyle is yoga. And remember this Sanskrit Tamil word yoga, yogam, simply and profoundly means yuj, atman, brahman, cha, to yoke yuj to your atmana, your individual soul, if you will, and then soul source, Brahman, which is not God. It's a neuter term for the greater forces of Satchit Ananda. Remember, God, like caste, should not be part of the Hindu lexicon. So the Hindu lifestyle is yoga. This is why the prefix is so important for clarity. Because as Hindus, we basically follow karma yoga, 
Hindu ethics and selfless service, Bhakti Yoga, Hindu devotions, Raja Yoga, Hindu contemplations, Gyan Yoga, Hindu studies outwardly and inwardly. And of course, we're always assuming one steady, comfortable pose or perhaps other asanas, hence Hatha Yoga. So we look at five yogas, Karma, Bhakti, Raja, Gyana, Hatha. And of course, within those, then we find the other classic Hindu yogas of Mantra Yoga, Hindu chants, Japa Yoga, Hindu chants on beads, Nada Yoga, Hindu devotional music, Bhajans, Kirtan, Nata Yoga, Hindu devotional dance. In other words, without Hindu dharma, there really is no yoga. And without yoga, there really is no Hindu dharma. Of course, one can extrapolate out, steal, if you will, take yoga from its parent. In a way, all of today's so-called yoga is really hot yoga, stolen. And we know the outcome of the infamous Bikram Chowdhury with many and many of these other groups who have totally divorced the sacred yogas from the parents, the Hindu dharma. And we could also look at the Panch Sampradayas, or the five sections within the Hindu yoga dharma. Remember, Hindu dharma, and that's the first word by implication. Remember, there's many synonyms, Ritta dharma, Vedic dharma, yoga dharma, later Sanatana dharma, Brahmanism, Hinduism, the Hindu religion, Sabeka, Sarva Ekam, but we're most recognized by the word Hindu. And of course, using English, we need to use the word religion right, with clarity. That's how all of our organizations are incorporated. So we don't want to deny the word religion, and certainly not the word Hindu. That's the original, or an original homeland, the valley of the Hindu, Hindus. It's a beautiful word. It literally means Chandra, Sarid, Bindu, Soma. Moon, river, drop the Bindu. The nectar of bliss, Soma. So in this vast, ancient dharma, and because it's so old, there's a lot to it. It's very complex, and it can seem confusing. There are basically Saivites, Vaishnavites, Shaktites, Smartas, and Nastika. Saiva Hindus worship Ganapati, Murga, Shiva, Parvati. Vaishnava Hindus worship Ganesha, Krishna, Vishnu, Lakshmi, Hanuman, Sitaram. Our Shaktite brothers and sisters, they worship the Matajis, Kali, Durga, Parvati, Mahalakshmi, Saraswati. And in India, for example, and perhaps some places in America, you can find mandirs that just focus on one or another of these sampradayas. But then you also have mandirs, especially in the West, where there, there are many Hindus from many different traditions. They're more the smarta tradition. They include all the different sampradayas within any one mandir. Both are valid. That's the smarta sampradaya. And then we also have nastika. Nastika, in this case, is referring to the offshoots of the Hindu yoga dharma. Remember... The Buddha was not a Buddhist, he was a Hindu. So Buddhism, Jain, Sikh, they all are offshoots, if you will, from the parent Hindu dharma. So Saiva, Vaishnava, Shakta, Smarta, Nastika. Punch Sampradayas. Now, in the Hindu yoga dharma, we also have unique sign language called mudras. Look at pictures of the deities, and they're sending you messages by the way they hold their hands. Watch the pujari when they do puja. 
So after inviting the deities of Ahana, Stapana, Sanirana, Sanarurana, Digbandana, Vakundana, Denu Padmasanga, Trishu, Yoni, Sanbuka, Mrigi, then we exercise Vitarka. So if you take the hand, touch the first finger and the thumb together, making the zero, which remember, the Hindus invented that for calculation, not the Arabs. They're not Arabic numerals. We make the zero and the other three fingers stick up. This is in the West what's called the OK sign. In other words, everything's OK. But a beautiful mudra, this is Vitarka mudra, meaning reason. Everything's OK if we use reason and logic. Actually, we could look at this as our first darshana. Remember, in the Hindu Yoga Dharma, we have the Shad Darsanas, the six orthodox systems of Hindu philosophy, Nyaya, Vesesika, Mimamsa, Vedanta, Sankhya, and Yoga, that which has been so distorted, the Yoga Darshana of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, one of the six Darshanas, which, by the way, were inspired by the six-faced deity, Sanmukhanada, Ganapati's brother, Murika Skanda, the youthful loving warrior at the heart. So hold your hand in Vitarka Mudra and always ask yourself, does it make sense? Is it reasonable? Is it logical? A couple important words to always keep in mind and their definitions. Wisdom, judgment, critical thinking, and logic. Wisdom is the ability to discern or recognize Difference, not sameness. Think about that. For all those, we are all one people. No boundaries, no labels, no divisions. Very unwise. Ever hear the cliche, do not judge? Hmm, that's a judgment. Why do not judge? For judgment is the ability to make wise decisions. Exercising good, sound judgment. And obviously, thinking is a good thing to do. And sometimes, like, we need critical care in the hospital. One goes to the ICU. Sometimes we need to exercise critical thinking, which is the need to distinguish between rational and irrational beliefs through logic and a thorough testing of the claims made. This is actually part of the scientific method. As we start with belief as assumption or hypothesis and carry it through to a conviction. Very important. Belief to conviction. Be very cautious of anybody who says they have no beliefs, like the modern sad, if you will, guru. So too with faith. We all have it. It starts with hope. But we want to carry it through to a guarantee. And then always keep our mind open for new discoveries. So let's look at logic, classic logic, perception, inference, comparison, testimony. You see it, you do your homework, you compare, and you get testimony. That's a way to arrive at a pretty safe conclusion in any area of life. Now, because it is logical, it must fit across the board. So in Sanskrit, in the Nyaya Darshana, which we could look at as our first philosophy, the logic of logic, 
Pratyaksha, Anumana, Upamana, Sabta. Same thing. Perception, inference, comparison, testimony. So we start with the hand in Vitarka Mudra, exercising reason, logic, sound judgment, wisdom, critical thinking. And then we turn the hand back in on ourselves, and this becomes Chin Mudra as we now can deeply reflect, introspect. Later the hand goes down on the feet in Maha Mudra, which is obviously the photo op today for the spurious yoga movement, which is all about picture and personality and price tag. What looks good? Very unreasonable. Very illogical. Remember, real yoga is all about Hindu dharma. One, taught by Hindus. Two, and not for a fee. Three, today's illogical, irrational yoga strikes out on all three counts. It's not taught in a Hindu context. It's not taught by Hindus, and it's basically a business. Three strikes, and you're out. Yet because it is so popular, because it's so easy, so superficial, it attracts many. It's obviously often much more difficult to do the right thing. So as we hold our hand in Vitarka Mudra, reason, we have three fingers sticking up. Let's look at the wisdom of three. And we have many wonderful acronyms to bring home these important concepts. The BA syndrome, B-A-A, the sound that sheep make. As our beliefs produce our attitudes, which produce our actions. Belief, attitude, action. Take it forwards and backwards. In other words, if we want to know why we're acting in a certain way, what's our attitude? What's the belief behind that? Beliefs, attitudes, actions. They can be our best friend or their worst enemy. Then we can look at the humble bag. We are bound to act, to grow, mean inevitably. And we are also constrained. We are bound to act, to grow. We're all Atmanas, bound in this specific body for this incarnation. Let's learn to deal with it. The bag's a very useful thing. We don't want to destroy it till after we've unloaded all of its contents. And we don't want to put it over our head either and look kind of ridiculous. So when we put the bag over our head, that's like being a rigid, hard fundamentalist. We have our bag. Remember, this was a cliche back in the 50s and 60s. Hey, what's your bag, man? What are you into? So we can be deeply into something in a very fundamentalist way. It's like putting a bag over our head. Or we can go to the other extreme, like New Age, and just tear the bag up altogether. No religion. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Or we can keep the bag, have a center balance. Recognize what goes in our bag, what goes in the Hindu bag, as opposed to, for example, the Christian bag, or the Muslim bag, or the Jewish bag. And then obviously in the depths of meditation, when we transcend the outer, then we need the bag no more until the next time. And then we open up a fresh bag and the process starts all over again. And along with this, we have our NAT principle, N-A-T. Very profound, especially when it comes to the religions of the world, but we can apply this to many things. N-A-T. One's religion is not the way, and it's not the other extreme of no way or always, but a middle ground of a way. N-A-T. And to play with words a little bit, if you put a silent G in front of that, it becomes a gnat or a gnat, which is a pest. Gnat is also 
a term that's also used when one is natty, very well appointed, very properly dressed, for example. So the choice is up to us. We want to be a pest, or do we want to have our life properly ordered, logical, rational thinking? The wisdom of this nat principle cannot be overstated. It's clear that when it comes to the religious realm, there are fundamentalists, the the way people, that believe they have the only true way and everybody else is false at best or perhaps outright evil. This is a really extreme view. Ironically, many people, when they are confronted with that in their life, perhaps, they swing over to the other extreme and go into the no way way, the universal way, which is actually a fundamentalist universal way. This is what we have today in the so-called yoga movement. They're doing something very specific, like yoga, and saying that this applies to everybody's religion. This is the other extreme of the no way or the all way, the universalist mindset. But there is a middle ground. Rather than falling flat on either side, one can follow a middle path of realizing that their religion, their tradition, is a way. It's not the way, and it's not no way. It is recognizable. It's very specific. This is how we look, obviously, here at the Hindu dharma. It's a way. It's not the way. It's not the way for everybody. It's not a universal way. It is a way for those who choose it. Understanding of this principle could bring great healing to the world, to individuals. So remember, as you hold your hand up in Vitarka Mudra, that again, the hand can be used for positive things, to help, to heal, or negative, to hurt. So if we look at this Nat principle with our hand in Vitarka Mudra, from the baby finger to the ring finger to the middle finger, we have N-A-T. Note that the middle finger, the D-way people, hmm, that's a very negative symbolic gesture when we just hold up the middle finger to someone. Corresponds to the D-way mindset. And the baby finger can often be used by those who are a little bit snooty, very existentialist minds, thinking they really have found the solution to the, the way people. But it's only another extreme. Till we finally enter the ring finger, which is the hardest finger to deal with, isn't it? It's a wedding finger also, where we find that middle balance. But this is what our life journey is all about. That's why we sing to Shiva, Sada Lola Hara, the truth Sada of the swing Lola of life. All the things we're going through from one extreme to the other. And there are those who were born into a fundamentalist religion, for example, and then they left that and switched over and became New Age and vice versa. As we go back and forth until we finally find a middle ground balance in the middle. Having known each side, this is why Hindus believe in reincarnation. We've done many, many things to find that sattvic balance, that equilibrium in the middle, like walking up to the center of a teeter-totter, falling flat on either end, but having been there and now balanced in the middle. So first we choose, we commit, we stick, then we find balance in life. Remember the classic Karate Kid one when the wisdom of Mr. Miyagi when he was teaching his disciple Daniel's son? The first thing he taught him was not to be in the middle. The first thing he taught him was choose. Either karate do or karate don't. And he used the analogy of when you walk down the road, either you walk right side or left side, not in the middle, or you'll get squashed like a grape. In other words, first we have to choose. 
choose our path, use logic, reason, wisdom, critical thinking. So for example, we have chosen the Hindu path. Now having chosen a path, a tradition, then you seek for the balance. That was the second lesson that he taught his disciple. Now you find the balance within your chosen path. Then you find life balance, whole life balance. Go find the balance. Now, continuing with our acronyms of three, let's look at the AIM principle, A-I-M. So with this word AIM, which is focus, actually this is the meaning of the meditative state, according to the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali Dharana, after all the preparation, now we limit the field of our mind, not expanded at this point. We've done that before. Now we limit the field of the mind in order to achieve the more expansive inner experiences. Desabandas chittasya dharana, limiting the field of your mind. Aim, focus. We often use the bow. Rama has the bow, reminding us to focus. Develop your aim. And actually, the Hindus wear the bindi, the mark of a Hindu, the bindu. Not to be made fun of, but as a target. Because our target is the Atmana, the inner light that we see at the third eye point. So this is our aim, our focus. And we can have a little fun with the word aim. And because it has three letters, it can be arranged and have six different quote-unquote words. So we have A-I-M with the I in the middle. Hmm. So let's look at the Atma on one side and the many or other people on the other side. So we have our individual self, little s self, I in the middle. Big S self is the Atmana, and then other people on the other side, A-I-M. Now, we go through this life journey and we arrange the letters and we become Ami, 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 A-M-I. It's all about me, me, me. Or M-I-A, my, my, my. It's all about me again. M-I-A, Mia, 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 and M-A-I, my, 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 and then I-M-A, I-M-A, we finally get to the deep introspective, I-M-A what? Ah, now we rearrange the letters, I-M. Now we put the I in its proper place on one side, the many is on the other side, and we as the Atmana are in the center, I-M, the Atmana. And not coincidentally, when we pronounce A-M in the Sanskrit, it's I-M-A, which is the Bija or seed mantra for Mata Saraswati, our female deity of knowledge, Ma Saraswati, the knowledge of who we are. Never forgetting that we are that Atmana, Satchit Ananda. So these three-letter words we're using can have dual meanings. They can be either a positive or a negative. Remember, we can be a gunat, a nat, a pest, or we can be nati, well-appointed. We can aim at the wrong things, or we can aim at good things. If we have negative beliefs, we're going to have negative attitudes and actions. We can put the bag over our head or use it as a useful tool. Look at the English word fit. We can be fit physically, mentally, emotionally, or we can go the other extreme and throw a fit. Let's look at the word rig. When you use that in the nautical sense of rigging, something rigged, it means things are properly appointed, well-rigged. Huh? Or 
The opposite is a game can be fixed, dishonest, rigged. And interestingly, rig is the Sanskrit word for the first scriptures. In fact, the world's oldest scriptures that are still followed by countless people. And the first three words we have are rig, veda, agnimile. The meaning of rig is to worship. And veda is a passion to know. And to know what? To know worship. And especially the fire. Praise melee, the fire, agnimile. Worship, worship, praise or worship the fire. Fire's life. We live on a fire planet. Without Surya, no life. The inner fire is the Atmana. When that leaves the physical body, game over for this life. Worship, worship, worship the fire. And worship is the essence of life. Worship means to respect and to revere. And when we understand that respect has a dual meaning itself, knowing what to be attracted to and what to be repulsed from. For example, we worship the sun in the sense of we feel its warmth. We love what it does for us, grows the crops, keeps us alive. But we also respect its power and know when to stay away from it, get out of the sun. So in that understanding, we literally need to worship everything, knowing what to attract, knowing what to repel. This wisdom is first and foremost when, as Hindus, we look at Mahaganapati with his gatha and his pasa. He's reminding us to learn in life what to get rid of, what to hold on to. Keep one foot in the world, one foot in the Atmana, Prakriti Purusha. So let's all take a look at our hand and take an honest look at ourself and how we interact with life. Are we being a blessing to others and ourselves? Or are we hurting ourselves and hurting others? Are we a Hindu searching for our Atmana through cultivating Dharma? Hindu, Atma, Niyama, Dharma. The wisdom's always been here, right at our hand. So let's accept the hand that we've been dealt in this life and seek to make it better through our actions, through good karma. Take care of your body, emotions, mind, and the Atmana. Deha, Babaha, Mana, Atmana. By being ethical and devoted, meditative to the ongoing state of enlightenment. And when you put these four together, they correspond to each other. Body, and ethics, emotion, and devotion, bhakti, the mind, and raja, and the enlightened state, and jnana. Put the palms together, and then the thumbs come together, and thumbs up. Then our life becomes a blessing to ourselves and others. Namaste. So stay tuned for our next podcast, for not only has the wisdom always been at hand, it's been right here at the breath. Ah, ooh, mm, om.